Hey there, where have you been? Welcome to the No Jet Stress podcast, the show that helps you maintain optimal health and peak performance as a road warrior, no matter how much you travel. I'm your host, Christopher Babiodi, traveler wellness advocate, nutritional therapist, author, and ex-flight attendant of 20 years at British Airways, one of the UK's largest airlines. Welcome back to part two of our podcast talking about burnout. In our last episode, we cover the creeping nature of burnout, the fact that it's an occupational hazard for road warriors, and the idea that getting less burnt out is a possibility with the right types of cultures. A great workplace culture allows a great well-being culture and potentially less burnout. Are you with me? In this episode, I'm excited to move on to some key distinctions I think are useful for road warriors and organisations that manage them. These distinctions evolve around tools, lifestyle and the mindset useful to road warriors that help make traveller well-being a force for good in business travel. But before we can look at lifestyle and tools to help prevent burnout, we have to answer the central question, who is the road warrior? Well, a Rundle and Revinson research paper looking at the health outcomes of road warriors defines her as having up to 14 nights away on business a month. And that's not a bad estimate, but I know quite a few people who do a lot more and some who do a bit less. But the important factor is, are you exhausted and on a downward spiral at the end of your travel schedule? That's the real question. When you're exhausted and the work keeps piling up, you have a tendency to be time poor. Can you guess where I'm going with this? Multiple nights away upsets your rhythm in life and is disruptive to anything that you might have going on. Being a road warrior means you're time conscious and at the same time, you're time poor. The many moving parts of business travel mean disruption is always just around the corner. You can plan for it as much as you wish, but you can't really control all the factors. So managing this low-level stress that's a constant alongside the work that you're not able to do at 36,000 feet adds time pressure. Not all things can be solved by being on a laptop in an airport lounge after all. To make matters worse, you can potentially land at your destination and find that the situation you travelled in to meet, to deal with, has changed. It's no longer what you thought it was. Such are the ways of business travel, right? Ruled by the global economy and technology. That's the age we live in. As the French say, plus ça change, plus ça les mêmes choses. Deal with it. Some of this disruption you can handle. Okay, fine. But other times, it's not so great, especially when it affects other people. Like when you start missing life events, your kids' recital, catch-up reunions, important networks or networking events and holidays, and the list goes on. The paper, The Dark Side of Hypermobility, by Scott Cohen and Co., which deals with hypermobility across society, which also happens to include business travellers, alludes to the disruption business travel causes within the home and by way of guilt 
that people left behind feel, as well as the guilt that people leaving people behind feel. It's part and parcel of it's part and parcel of road of being a road warrior and being on the road that you're always flitting in and out of other people's lives, and sometimes you can lose the thread of what's going on, be that spouses, children, or other things. Anyway, guilt trip present buying is a thing, you know, and it's real. The question becomes: How do you manage? Business travel complexity. Only a systems approach to regular business travel will do. It's fair to say that business travel is a feat of massive human endeavour as well as machine. When you think about it, for a plane to take off on time and land on time is something that takes a lot of effort, and is also a chance for quite a few things to go wrong, and they do. But for the most part, they don't. But when they do, that's when things get out of whack and we suffer. The stress it causes is not always easily manageable. Repeating these scenarios in business week in week out is so stressful that I think it contributes to the underlying stress that business travel carries with it. Here's one thing I've learned though: business travelers, road warriors, those who are On the road, quite often, hate not being in control. So asking them to get on a flight which they have no control, and trust that everything's going to be okay, to help them get to their destination, and to do the business they're travelling to do, is something. In fact, I know of one airline customer service training that teaches its cabin crew to come down to eye level with business travellers when addressing them, so they don't feel. The helplessness of a lack of control they have, especially when things aren't going well. It's at times like this that you see how helpless business travels might be and feel when any one little thing goes off kilter and puts them on the edge of their seats. It makes them stressful. It's behind this backdrop that there's a growing sense of low stress that I mention. And because of this, the lack of control sometimes rears its head in ways that you wouldn't necessarily like to see. And by the way, it's not to say that business travellers are weak by any stretch of the imagination; just that a lot of work and results might be riding on that trip. Therefore, a hassle-free trip would be more manageable. So you have the complexity or chaos, however you want to call it. Of the world of business travel, combined with giving up control each and every time you step on an aircraft. The question is, how do you deal with it? The only reasonable answer is you have to create a system. In the system, you have things that you can control, and you exclude all the things you can't control and manage. And you manage those on an ad hoc basis. You have to be that pragmatic. Now that might sound quite general, and because there are so many moving parts to the idea of being a road warrior and the different aspects of life on the road, the road needs different things from you at different times. So chunking it into two main buckets of things you can control and things you can't is always the best way forward. 
to break this idea down, it comes to the nitty gritty, the habits, routines and things that you do on a regular basis that allow you to function optimally. And to function optimally, a distinction worth mentioning is that road warriors, because they're so time poor, the best types of solutions are those that are as close to a one-click solution as possible, if you know what I mean. There's just so much going on in their lives every time that anything less just won't do. This is one reason why, in my opinion, the adoption of technology amongst A-types who happen to be business travellers is so prevalent. They just have a need or a scratch and it needs to be hitched. There's no two ways about it. And if technology can help them get there, well, technology will rule the waves. I say this because there are quite a few areas where in the area of personal performance, technology plays a great role as we shall start to see in our coming discussions on this subject. In summary, any type of tool that's not easy to use to understand and get results is not going to be much use to your time poor road warrior. And they tend to dismiss anything that requires them to take time unless, you know, it's something that is causing them so much pain out of hand because they just know it's not going to stand the test of time on the road. So the types of tools we need to be looking at are preventative in nature. I hope this doesn't come across too much like a rant, but I guess it is. Looking at corporate wellness programs, I see an overwhelming bias of investment in programs that cater to remedial solutions rather than forward-looking preventative ones. For those companies who value their people, I think this has to change. Why would you wait for something to be broken before you decide to fix it? It just doesn't make sense. Now that wellness and health post-pandemic are recognised as competitive advantages in the business arena, it makes sense for companies to shift the thinking from the remedial type solution over to more preventative type solutions. Investments in workers extends to health, not just knowledge work. I mean, it's called investment in people after all. When you invest in people, you invest in the culture. I think it's been proven that where there's a well-being culture or where well-being culture takes root, not only does it help the employees and the road warriors become healthier, but it also becomes a tool to attract the type of talent you would like to see in a thriving business. One of the objections to building more robust preventative style solutions for corporates used to be the time it took to get an ROI. It used to be thought of as being anywhere between three to five years. I don't think anyone can really make that argument in this day and age. And besides, there are lots of low-hanging fruit organisations and individuals can put in play and at little cost and they yield benefits to the individual and the organisations straight away. So I just want to add in some food for thought here. In my book, I talk about some of the things that I think are really important for road warriors to consider as part of their toolkit, their routines and habits and things they go after in the pursuit of building the type of energy that prevents burnout. It actually includes the necessity of having a burnout component 
when it comes to business travel on the road, i.e. a system that goes out of its way to help road warriors build vitality. Because if you think about all the other types of things that are out there around jet lag, travel wellness, none of them do that. They're just about giving you a kick of energy in the moment, which doesn't necessarily always help in the long term. So you've got to want to build vitality as an ongoing part of the process. Also, you want to have a toolbox that you can turn to. We're delving to some of these, a bit surface level here, but people are individuals and need different things. So we can't go too in depth here. Also, we want to understand the habit of self-reliance and when that's useful and when it's not useful in the context of being a road warrior. Being able to reach out for help in any situation is always a superpower when it's used appropriately. And then there's the idea in and of itself of cultivating the long-term view, i.e. the mindset that jet lag can be managed well and you can actually beat it. Now, on to some tools. When it comes to wellness, road warriors are pretty much fed up with the same type of typical diet of information and food as Joe Bloggs, who works on the ground and never has to fly for a living. These recommendations that Joe Bloggs are given, that they're given in the Corporate Structured Wellness Program, they don't take into account the flying environment, which is unique. Individuals and corporations can help travel by getting educated about what nutrition supports health at altitude. Corporations, for instance, might engage a third party to provide a healthy eating class for employees. If your employees take lunch between 12 and 2, what you might want to advise them will be different from your employees eating lunch between 2am and 4am because they're on a flight over the Pacific Ocean. We need all types of programs with specificity for road warriors. So it's not just enough to plonk a program down without understanding the real needs of the audience. For road warriors, I think it can be the difference between recommending a healthy eating practice to recommending a ketogenic therapeutic diet or even just a keto leaning diet because it has a higher energy yield and is backed by science and proven to help normalize blood lipid profiles and help other disease states. And no, I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on the internet. But everything I've mentioned here is provable by the studies carried out by the scientific community. So we're not breaking new ground here. Just merely uncovering the fact that there are better tools available for road warriors that are tailored to their needs and should be taken advantage of. Organisations with road warriors can do their part by having their investment in training on their employees reflect this. Now, I know what you're going to say. Being told what to eat is not an ideal proposition. And that's not where we're going with this. Having people become aware of the options they have to help them get what they want in terms of work and work-life balance is where the conversation is at. Anything that moves that discussion along is appropriate. Are you still with me? Well, while we're on the subject of what you put in your mouth... Do you think supplements are a waste of time? I hope this next section can help you change your mind if you do. We've come a long way since taking 
cheap vitamin C from Tesco's to decades worth of scientific literature proving the efficacy of certain types of supplements in certain arenas, particularly in the arena of performance. Flying at altitude, with its unique presentation of the environment, requires us to take this fact into consideration when we think about the kind of supplementation we could use to help us maintain energy and health. Now, not all supplements are created equal. And yes, there are some snake oil salesmen in the mix. But once again, scientific literature has demonstrated that some of this stuff works. The extra demands placed on the road warrior mean they are living their lives at an accelerated pace. And this requires more energy in and of itself and separate from any stresses that might be in the way. And on top of that, you have to factor in the idea that we're all individuals and our requirements for basic nutrients can actually be different. It's known as biochemical individuality and it's not to be sniffed at. So what is one to do? Get knowledgeable. Knowledgeable supplementation can help the road warrior overcome energy deficiencies and inefficiencies and more importantly, help them restore and recover better than if they didn't take any supplements. I think it's one of the most underused and underrated tools within the arsenal of tools available to road warriors. I'm not talking about, you know, your run-of-the-mill supplementation here. I'm talking about orthomolecular nutrition. Done correctly will bring great benefits to anyone's recovery regime and help them prevent burnout. Perusing PubMed will give anyone in doubt or with less than ideal optimism the understanding that supplements can actually help them with their health quest. Well-designed studies on various nutraceuticals chart findings that support the idea that the right nutrients supplied in the right context and in the right form are enabling and revitalizing to our lifestyles. We should definitely take advantage of this knowledge. So, are you convinced yet? Did I convince you? Did I successfully manage to sneak that pill into your gravy? You see what I did there? Pill? Gravy? It's all gravy. Anyway, you wouldn't expect corporations to mandate road warriors to take particular supplements. That's down to the individual, as it should be. Individuals, on the other hand, have to do the research, working in conjunction with their primary healthcare practitioner, to get an understanding of what their requirements are and what they need, and how to get them filled or satisfied. Take your pick. To start with, areas to watch out for for road warriors are nutrients that assist in maintaining and optimising immunity, as well as those that promote good hormonal health. These are the two areas road warriors most run into trouble with that can lead on to burnout. The other specific area to discuss is sleep, and the tools in the domain of sleep. We're going to dive into those in our next episode, so stay tuned as we conclude the discussion on tools road warriors could be using to help them avoid burnout. Thanks for listening, and until the next time, wherever you go, farewell.